Uh, good morning again. Uh, there are green cards in your bulletin, green uh, sort of quarter sheets. I want to draw your attention to this because it's for you if you want to give our missions ministry information about you and get some more information about some of the people uh, and stories and testimonies and ministries that you'll hear uh, throughout the morning. So pay attention to this. You'll have an opportunity uh, at the end of the service when you leave to turn them in. Secondly, uh, I need about 10 volunteers, not for what's going to happen here. This is outside of worship. And so I'm going to tell you what I need you to do and see if we can get uh, just a couple volunteers. All day today, um, in very unique ways, our video and multimedia ministry uh, is serving. And, um, you know, a lot of these ministries serve every week. But I'm going to ask five people to send personalized thank yous to the multimedia team and five of you to send an email to our video ministry. Um, and and uh, some of those folks are here, so um, they don't have to know what you're going to say. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to say, but after service today, if you can volunteer to think about what their ministry meant for you, uh, would you volunteer? So five people for the multimedia ministry, raise your hand. Okay, I see one, I see two, I see three, I see four. Okay, okay, thank you. And five people for the video ministry. I'll tell you how to get in touch with them, but five people for video ministry. Come on, raise your hand. One, two, three, okay, four, one more, and one more. Is there one? Is there one? <laughs> Go old school Baptist on you. Uh, one more. Come on, one. There's one. There's one. Is there one? All right, we've got four. This is how to get in touch with them. If you go to our website, all of our ministries are linked under our ministries page, and you can send an email to the ministry team leaders from the ministries page. So do that sometime this week, uh, just thanking them uh, for their impact and their role in the service today. As Pastor David said, today is Mission Sunday, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to remind you of a couple of reasons why we do this. And um, this morning... I sort of read passage from Luke 10 and Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and I won't do that, but I'll just basically say there, there are at least three reasons worth lifting up why we have Mission Sunday at New Community. And if you've been around, you know that we do this once a year at least. One of the reasons we have Missions Emphasis Sunday is uh, to hear and to celebrate the ways that God is at work in the lives of our brothers and sisters here at this church. Um, we get to hear... And we will get to hear this morning testimonies and updates about phenomenal ministry that God is using people that you know and some who you don't um, for his kingdom. And that's one of the reasons why we do this. A second reason we do this, frankly, is to give you another opportunity to be confronted, to be invited, to be challenged by God's spirit to respond to a call upon your life. We want to be the kind of church that has space available for the Spirit of God to speak to you if you need nud- to be nudged, pushed, prodded in a direction and to turn your life over, if you will, to God in, in living out your life missionally. 
And the third reason we do this is because mission is the foundation, really, of what the church is about. The church, and if you were here last week, you heard about the commission where Jesus told his disciples to to baptize and and to disciple people. And he sent his disciples. The word mission comes from the same word sent that we get the apostles. The apostles are sent ones. Missionaries are sent people who have purpose, who have determination, who have, who have a call, and so they're sent. And so we want to be the kind of church that understands and has room for you, for me to respond to God sending you after coming here, sending you perhaps to the nations, perhaps to your neighborhood for Christ's glory. So this morning you're going to hear... Um, And uh, each of our missionaries will be introduced by folks in one way or another from our church. Uh, The first update and sort of ministry we'll hear about, we'll reintroduce some of you to, is Peter and Anna Kim and their family. And Jermaine McGill will come, introduce us to them. We'll see their video, and then he'll lead us in a time of prayer for them. After Jermaine comes, Daniel Kaiser will introduce us or reintroduce us to Rusty and Lynette Polander, and we'll have a similar format, hearing from them and praying for them. So, Jermaine, come at this time. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Jermaine McGill. I'm the advocate for the Kim family. Um, They've been uh, a part of this church for a number of years, for uh, a little over two years. And during their time here, they kind of took hold of the vision and um, decided that, that God was calling them to China to uh, be missionaries. And they've been, a chi- been in China for a little under two years, I believe. And um, in that time, their family has grown. They've grown into a different type of mission context than what they were initially intended. Um, they're going to talk a little bit about it in the video. Um, they're with a group called Evergreen in Shanxi province in an area called Taiwan. Now, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. I did that last service. I mispronounced it, but uh, just forgive me. There's, um, they've added a new addition to their family. Uh, there's Nathan, Nehemiah, and now they have a newborn, Elizabeth. So they're growing in, in many ways, and their mission has grown as well. And uh, this is something that you all can uh, be a part of um, other than just supporting them. They're coming back to the United States because the Evangelical Covenant Church has um, extended their missions to be long-term missionaries. So they'll have support from the church as well as um, just a lot more resources while they're in China. So it's a major blessing for them um, knowing that they have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more backing while they're there. Um, so in the time that they're here, they'll have some needs. One of those needs is they'll need a place to stay for five months with their children. They'll also have needs with babysitting with three kids. And uh, as they're going back and forth from these meetings and and just being a part of the uh, Covenant Church and all the things they need to do, the training, they'll need some help with that as well. They'll be here in October, and if you all could be on the lookout for housing, um, they'll need a place to stay for five months during that time. So if you see something, you may want to contact the church offices or, or contact the missions team and let us know and give us a heads up that there may be some housing available for them. Um, and the rest of, the, of what they're doing, they'll explain in their video. Thank you. Hello, new committee. Hi, we're Peter and Anna Kim. 
We're in Shanxi, China. Um, it's a beautiful spring day today, and so we came to the park and we thought we would talk about what we do here at the park. How are we doing as a family? Um, you know, there's Nathan, who's going to be four years old now, and Nehemiah, who's two and a half, and Elizabeth, who's only about five months. And we are so happy and blessed for our three children. They've been doing really well. Um, Nathan's at a Chinese preschool. He talks Chinese. Nehemiah and Elizabeth has been, they've been really wonderful to take care of. And our family, um, we've been really blessed to adjust well here and to know the language and enjoy a lot of Chinese food. Um, Peter and I are, have been doing part-time language and part-time work. Let me share a little bit with you. Uh, one ministry we started last year was um, uh, we are meeting with uh, some pastors' wives on a regular basis and provide uh, support to them. So we do a Bible study and then sometimes we just uh, have a fun together. So it has been going really well. And another ministry that we started uh, uh, um, this year actually was uh, I'm doing former uh, counseling with, with people. And so they come to office and then we meet um, you know, once a week and, and then provide that kind of counseling. And this summer I will be busy preparing another marriage conference in end of August. And this time we'll more focus on inviting secular people. As you know, Peter and I are part of Evergreen uh, Services here in China. And it's an uh, organization that uh, focus on, focuses on holistic ministries. And my, my work is a part of the community health work that we do here, or the medical work. And uh, what we've been doing is uh, seeing patients in the clinic is one thing, but also um, doing door-to-door -door health screenings and collecting data for the uh, for the for the community government for the government. And it's been going really well that the uh, Chinese government wants us to be involved in more work. So we hope that um, if you have a medical background, that you would uh, look into our work and join us as well. All right, let's pray for the Kims. God, I thank you for... Um, just the heart of this church, God, that inspires, God, the visions that um, you give us as individuals, God, you give us as a community, God. I thank you for the challenges of church planning, God, that you've given us as well. And I pray for the Kims now as they uh, live out that new community in um, China, God. I pray that you just strengthen their family, God. You keep them strong. You keep them um, just together in, in, in tough times, God, as they're learning Mandarin, as Peter is doing counseling and Anna is doing community health work. I pray that you just strengthen them and uh, continue to use them as just a, um, a beacon of hope and light to those families that are struggling, that are going through counseling. God, I pray that you just continue to um, use us as a community to support them, whether it be financially, whether it be through prayer, whether it be through simple things, God, a, a meal here or there, just in words of encouragement. God, I pray that we can continue to um, be a community that inspires that builds up leaders and missionaries here in the church, God. And God, I pray that uh, 
as we as we go on and, and talk about what goes on uh, in the mission field, God, in China and, and across the communities that are represented here in New Community, that we become inspired and that um, you just touch our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Uh, my wife, Andrea, and I had the chance to get to know Rusty and Lynette a little bit uh, before they left for Thailand. Uh, and we were just real encouraged by their heart for ministry and their humility and their approach. It really showed us that their attitude really was, God is already at work in other areas in the world, and we just want to join that. I have a story that I wanted to share that I think illustrates that a little bit. Uh, before going the second time, they were in Thailand uh, a couple years ago, and they met this uh, incredible man of God, Pastor Luca, who was working with the Aka people in northern Thailand, and he's planted a dozen churches or so, and God is just using him to do some incredible things there. Um, And when he found out that they wanted to come back and work there, he said, uh, how can I help you? How can I support you? And Rusty said to him, you have it backwards. We're coming to work for you. You know the language. You know the culture. You'll be most effective. So uh, you are our boss, in a sense. So we want to come and work for you. And, and that was just real encouraging for Andrew and I to hear that. Um, let's watch their video. My name is Lynette Polander, and my husband Rusty and I are serving in northern Thailand in the province of Chiang Rai, and we're working under Thai Aka Ministries Foundation run by a local Aka pastor. My time here is split between medical work and running a sponsorship program of the 98 children at the Aka Youth Development Center where we live. The children range from age 5 to 23 years old, and they're studying here at the youth center for a couple of reasons. Some kids because their villages are too far from Thai schools. Others because they come from a single-parent household due to one of their parents disappearing or being in prison from the drug trade. Or because they're orphaned. My work with the program consists of translating letters from the children for their sponsors, updating the website, communicating with the sponsors. Some of the ways that this ministry seeks to proclaim the kingdom of God so that we can provide an opportunity for these young Aka youth to gain Thai citizenship, which will, in the end, give them the normal rights of any Thai citizen in Thailand. Also giving them the opportunity to get an education that they otherwise might not have the chance to have, and with a dream that one day they're going to return back to their own villages and work amongst their own people. Lastly, to decrease the risk of young Hilltrap girls leaving home to work in the sex trade in an attempt to earn money to support their families. As far as medical work goes, two days a week I'm working in a clinic as a nurse in an Aka village with a nurse practitioner and an Aka nursing assistant. Twice monthly we're also taking a mobile clinic to more remote villages that our foundation works with. And once a month, we're focusing on doing um, preventative health care training for the leaders from each of those villages. So we're seeking to bring them the love of Jesus in very tangible and practical ways by caring for their physical needs, as well as through teaching them how to care for themselves and training village health care representatives. Rusty has been assisting Pastor Luca with several different projects, one being starting small businesses to help people help themselves. Some examples of businesses he's begun investing into is a postcard project run by the students at the Aka Youth Development Center, 
a micro enterprise loan for a pig farm. And beyond that, he's starting to find ways to market Oolong 12 green tea, which is a tea that the villages we work in now have been growing over the last few years. And the goal of this is to eventually help the foundation we're working with become self-supported and be able to rely less on Western funding. The long-term goal is to be able to find a way to support the Aka churches in the villages we work with, to be able to start sending out their own Aka missionaries to the unreached Aka living in the Yunnan province of China, in Laos, and in Vietnam. The Aka church continues to grow. Pastor Luca continues to get phone calls of villages wanting to become Christian, but he really holds strongly the responsibility of once someone becomes a Christian and a village does to really disciple them and take them under your wing and not just to try to get as many converts as you can get. So it's been really, I've been learning a lot from watching him serve in those ways. His humility and also beyond that, just the way that he really seeks to care for those new believers holistically. Join me as I pray for Rusty and Lynette. Father, we're just humbled that you allow us to be a small part of what's going on in Thailand, Father. And we just give you thanks and praise for Rusty and Lynette and their humility. Father, we pray for their protection, protection over their marriage. Uh, Father, I just pray more than anything that they would see you. Father, be with them as uh, they try to learn the language and try to learn the culture. Um, we just lift up the Aka Church. Father, I pray that you would pour your spirit down on Pastor Luca, uh, that you would empower him to raise leaders to grow your church. And Father, bring your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things we talk about at our church all the time is the fact that to be a Christian, to be one who follows Jesus, to be a person who is depending completely on Christ for uh, our salvation, is to be a person who is called to mission. So there is no separation between ordinary Christians and missionaries. Does that make sense? There's no separation from kind of average Christian and the super special Christians. Some of you know what I'm talking about. To be a Christian is to be one who's called on mission. That's just, that's how it goes. That's what we strongly believe at our church. This is what we have seen over and over again in the book of Acts. And so it seems a little odd, maybe, that we're spending a Sunday focusing on missionaries, because aren't we all? Yes, we are. But the, the testimony of the scriptures is that there are always going to be a few people who are called out by the church so that they can spend uh, all of their time and efforts on the mission of God. So, for example, we see in Acts a, uh, a Priscilla and her husband Aquila, and they're business people, they're tent makers. They support their missionary effort, efforts by, by working in the marketplace. And then with the time remaining, they pursue the mission of God. Many of us find ourselves in that position, right? Those of us who, who have jobs, who go to work, who are students, and then have some extra time that we can devote to the mission of God. That, we, we, can, we can relate to that. But then Acts shows us over and over again times where the church sets aside people for full-time missionary work. 
where the church discerns that the Holy Spirit has gifted an individual in a certain way that they need to be set aside so that they can spend all of their time pursuing the mission of God, proclaiming the gospel, equipping the church. Does that make sense? So that's why today we're spending this time on this, to celebrate those that God has called into this, but also to encourage the rest of us to continue pursuing the mission of God anywhere that we find ourselves. Yes? Yes? Okay, good. Second thing I want to say before inviting some friends up is is that many of us, when we think about missions, missionary service, we think about somewhere a long ways away, right? Thailand, China, Africa, South America. The reality is, is that we have individuals in our church who have been called out and set aside for full-time mission work right here in our city. Did you know that? That we understand the mission of God to not just be happening around the world, but right here in our city. And we understand the need to call out certain people to devote their lives, their energies, to proclaiming and demonstrating the mission of God in our city. So I'm going to invite our four InterVarsity staff workers to go ahead and come on up. Is this the mic here? And, uh, and I'm just going to ask them to share a little bit about who they are, where they serve, and, and how they're seeing God at work right here in our city. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Andy, and uh, I work at Northwestern University. And you're going to hear from each of us uh, a little brief uh, kind of stories about what we do. Um, um, but one of the things that really drew me to new community um, was, and I suspect many of you too, uh, was this sense of when I set, set foot on Sunday morning the first time was that this church was about more than just the usual Sunday morning mundane weekly grind, but that there was something greater. There was a bigger vision that was driving every single person in this church. And we read that just a few moments ago on the screen, that we seek to be an alternate city, a city within a city um, that loves Jesus, um, that engages in intentional community and advances the cause of Christ. Uh, we're also in the midst of our 62-year uh, uh, sermon series on the book of Acts called The Church Without Walls. And um, we've been exploring and affirming how the early church was not just an institution, but was a group of people called out by God to represent his kingdom everywhere they went um, and to live out the gospel. And so one of the things that we've been called to do is to live out that reality on college campuses uh, here in the city. Um, and did you know that in Chicago, there's over 20 colleges and universities and at least over 100,000 students uh, just within the city limits? Um, and we've been called to reach college students as InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And if you know anything about college students, I do. I recently graduated a few years back. It's hard. It's hard to live for Jesus as a college student. Um, there's tons of things that you're going through. You're wrestling about career path a major trajectory in an increasingly tough economy. You're wrestling with um, friendships and what your life's passion is in the midst of um, brokenness, loneliness, depression, and all this other stuff. And you're trying to juggle all of this while trying to keep your grades up, uh, make a couple friends, and, uh, you know, maybe even find a special someone. Um, but we ask ourselves, in varsity, where does God fit into this picture? And we believe... Uh, not only he does, but it's an amazing, amazing vision that, and for us as InterVarsity, it's really simple. It's to create and establish witnessing communities of students. And that just simply means, uh, like at our church, we long to create at every college and university in the city and around the country 
an alternate college, a college within a college, so that when people look at InterVarsity, looks at the group, the people of God, they say, you know, that's what a college ought to look like. Um, That's what it means for college students to passionately love Jesus Christ um, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of brokenness. That's what it means for college students to live in authentic community, an authentic Christian community in an age where friendship oftentimes means poking someone on Facebook. Um, That's what it means for college students to live for the cause of Jesus um, radically, sacrificially, and with uh, reckless abandon. And uh, that's what we want to share briefly with you guys about this morning. My name is Anthony Hiron. Uh, Andy and I work at campuses in the Chicago area. Uh, Andy is up at Northwestern at, uh, in Evanston, and I'm down uh, in Brownsville, right around where our new church plan is going to be at the Illinois Institute of Technology. And we're working to make this vision a reality. Northwestern and, and IIT are very academically rigorous environments, often uh, very stressful for the students, and it can be very difficult to be there. Uh, I know at IIT, there's uh, a high performance pressure, which leads to a lot of performance anxiety. Is what I'm doing good enough? Am I going to be able to get in the grad school I want to get into or to get the job that I really want? And this is a place where InterVarsity really wants to enter in and reach out to people. Earlier this year, we had an event called Religion versus Relationship, where we were introducing to people the idea that God isn't uh, just about giving you a list of rules and things to do and keeping score, but that he wants a relationship with you that, that transcends what you do, and it's not based on, on those things. We had a student come who had felt this performance anxiety his whole life, constantly worried, am I good enough? Is what I'm doing good enough? And over the past seven years, he had been investigating all the world religions looking for truth. What he had found was a list of things to do, a list of things to accomplish, and he knew he wasn't good enough to do those things. So he came to our event, and he heard for the first time that Jesus wasn't interested in that, that's what, what, not what his love was about, that there was nothing he could do to earn Jesus' love, and there's nothing he could do to lose it. And after seven years, he found the truth he was looking for and accepted Jesus that night. So, InterVarsity, we want to be a place where people have the opportunity to have those kind of transformational experiences with Jesus. My name is Max Keeker, um, and Sandra and I work in a slightly different context within InterVarsity than uh, Andy and Anthony. We work with a specialized program called the Chicago Urban Program, also known as CUP. And with CUP, we train students from the region and across the country on issues of social justice and multiculturalism. And we do that on the west side of Chicago in the neighborhoods of Lawndale and Austin. Lawndale and Austin are two of the most under-resourced neighborhoods in Chicago. But there are also two neighborhoods where God's kingdom is breaking in in some radical ways, especially through two churches through which our students serve. So students come to us, and they spend their weekends and their spring breaks and their summers with us, uh, serving through those churches and getting to know the communities, becoming part of the communities in some transformative ways. And then Sandra and I provide them some very intense and top-notch biblical training on issues of multiculturalism and social justice, race, and poverty, and a lot of things along those lines, very, very lighthearted topics like that. So um, it's been a privilege to see the transformation in students' lives over a very short period of time that they spend with us. And we want to thank you for partnering with us in that as we train students to um, what it means to be a city within a city as we train students to have a vision for an alternate Chicago. 
to passionately love Jesus Christ. There's some in this room who've been pushed by us to engage in authentic community um, and to experience firsthand some ways of what it means to, um, to pursue the cause of Jesus. Good morning, new community. Uh, my name is Sandra, and as Max said, I am uh, work with Cup. I'm the director of the Chicago Urban Program, and I also have a second job with InterVarsity, which is to, to direct the worship for the next missions convention called Urbana. Um, and uh, uh, my job has changed over the years with InterVarsity since I've been on campus in 1996. But um, when I was a staff worker at Northwestern University, I went to spend a summer in the slums of Cairo. And Andy Kim was actually with me that summer, as were some of you that are out there. And I stood on the rooftop in the middle of the slum outside of Cairo, Egypt, and I said to the Lord on that rooftop that night, send me, God. Send me here, God. I want to live here where people are hurting, where people are voiceless. God, I want to live here where you're at work in amazing ways. God, I want to see you and experience you. I want to live here. And the Lord said, go home. Go home, Sandra, because I want you to call other people to come here. And so I think that's another part of our job. I see us as InterVarsity staff workers as missionaries who mobilize people to missions and missionaries who mobilize other missionaries. I feel like I have been more effective and we have been more effective in bringing people into places where they are hurting and lost and saying, do you see that God's at work here? Would you consider coming? And so um, I see that as kind of our primary, one of our primary jobs is mobilizing people. And so it, it would be my heart's desire that as we work with students on campus and as we bring students to see the ways that God's at work in the city, that there would be students that some point in their lifetime would stand up on a rooftop somewhere and ask, God, are you sending me here? Are you calling me here? Would I be willing to come here where you're at work in ways that I don't even understand? Because if you go on your whole life and you never, and our students, and we all never ask God, are you calling me here? then we've missed out on an opportunity. So I always ask my students, because they come through COP five days, how much can really happen in five days, or a month in the summer, or six weeks in the summer, and sometimes they walk away and they go, I don't know if God's calling me to live among the poor. I don't know if God's calling me to live out justice. I don't know if God's calling me to mission. And I ask them, then is God calling you to the marketplace? Is God calling you to be a teacher? Is God calling you to the suburbs? Because if you're going there, you better be called to go there. And so that is our job, is to mobilize people to mission and to ask students to stand on rooftops and ask, God, are you calling me here? Um, I want to show you a quick video of a, a missions convention that we're all going to be a part of in different ways that InterVarsity puts on to mobilize missionaries. 22,000 people drawn from 140 countries, every state, province, and territory here in North America gathered to meet God and to be met by God, to hear his call and then to find our place in his purposes as he sends us to the ends of the earth and into every endeavor. God has determined a place for each one. Your job is to find out what your gift is and to use it faithfully. Urbana has been a great time of God just challenging my life and challenging my perceptions of the world and just the way that I need to be interacting with it. Our God is not a local God confined to one zip code. He is the God of all creation. 
His love embraces all the peoples of the world. I've met so many new people from different places who I've learned so much from and I felt like my life has changed since I've been here. And you and I will leave a legacy behind that as young people we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. How many, raise your hand, raise it high. How many of you have had any contact with inner varsity in your life? If you were part, raise them up, hold them up, hold them up, hold them up. Hold them up. Okay, cool. I'm going to come back to you in a second. How do, we, how do we support our IV folks? Here's the thing. They support this church, each one of these four people, deeply invested, deeply invested in the life of our church. Uh, you see some of them up front. Others behind the scenes, uh, they've given a lot, continue to give a lot for the mission of our church. So uh, these, are, these are known quantities, you might say. These are people who are passionate about what our church is about. So, so hear that as I say, please support them. Uh, you've heard how you can be praying for them. Uh, there are ways to participate uh, in some of what they do. Talk to them about that. And you can give money. Did you know that? No, seriously. <laughs> we want these four people to spend their time on the things that God has called them to do. So we want them to spend time in relationship with students. We want them to spend time preaching and teaching, building community. We prefer that they not spend hours and hours and hours and hours of time fundraising. That's part of the job, right, you guys? But I want to ask you to consider supporting them. I'd like some of you to come up afterwards and find them and say, can you tell me what your financial needs are? Because I want you to spend the bulk of your time in relationship with people, building your program, equipping your students, proclaiming the gospel. Does that make sense? I can't tell if they're... (laughs) Here's what I want you to do. If you raised your hand before, InterVarsity folks, come forward, please. We're going to pray for them. I'm going to ask you just to lay your hands. So come on, come on, come on, come on. Come forward, quick, quick, quick. You guys just stand right here. And again, again, please consider how you can support these four folks who are deeply involved in our church and involved in campus ministry so that they can continue pursuing God's mission with their time. Great, let's pray. This is your work, God. These are your servants. The task that you've called them to is, is huge. The challenges that they faced uh, on, a, on a daily basis are significant. And yet you've called them. Uh, at some point in their lives, they had the sense that I need to sacrifice my life for this mission. I need to set aside other opportunities, other options, other career paths, and devote everything I've got to this mission and to calling other people to follow Christ. We're grateful for their obedience, for their example. So, so Lord, we pray now that you encourage them, that you fill them up.
that you give them exactly what they need. We pray, uh, Heavenly Father, that you protect them from the evil one, that you bless their ministry. We pray for those uh, in their realm of influence who are even now asking questions about you, who even now are searching after you. Heavenly Father, through their ministry, would, would these students come to confess you as their Lord? We pray for those who've never encountered the idea that God is a God for all people, that God is deeply interested in justice and mercy and restoring this world. We pray for those students that as they encounter this idea, this notion that their lives would be wrecked, that they would be forced to ask, God, where are you sending me? So bless them, protect them. Would you meet every single one of their needs? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. I want to invite Andrew to come forward. Andrew leads our international missions team here at our church. He's going to introduce us to our next international missionary. I'm going to introduce Tyler here. He's the last of the seven people we're featuring this morning. But if you want to put a check mark by any of their names, people you're interested in, almost, I think they all send out email communications. We'd be happy to help keep you in touch with them so that Mission Sunday, so that mission work in our church is not one Sunday a year deal. Okay, Tyler and I haven't actually met face to face, but we've emailed and we've been able to speak through Skype, which is, which is cool. Uh, Tyler, it was from this part of this church almost from the beginning, since 2002. He was here in Chicago for about four years, and all along the way, he was uh, involved in the lives of young people, whether it was at North Park University or at uh, Inner City Impact, where our church used to meet. Um, Then he was called to Romania in 2006, where he has been serving since. He'll tell you more about what's going on there. Um, I want to give you guys a, a heads up that it's not all happiness and joy when, when you're serving God in full-time ministry. You're going to hear some of his struggle and a little bit of what it's like to be isolated from friends and family that a lot of us take for granted. Uh, lastly, you all should know that Tyler is in a time of transition as this term in Romania is drawing to an end. He'll be coming back to the States uh, in this, this summer. So enough from me. Let's roll this. You can hear from Tyler himself. Hey, new community, this is Tyler here in Timisoara, Romania. First of all, I just wanted to thank you for your prayers and support and for your encouragement over the last couple of years. And this year, the two main ministries I'm involved in are the youth ministry at the church for high school and early college-age students, and also ministry with youth and young adults that are living on the streets that are mainly in their teens and the, to mid-20s. At church, my, my main role is with the youth worship team helping them to prepare and lead worship at the regular youth meetings. Uh, I see this as an opportunity to to teach the youth about worship, um, but also to teach them about a relationship with God and most importantly about His heart. I've also had the opportunity to involve the youth from church in the ministry with the youth living on the streets and at the girls' home, as well as on a short uh, mission trip to Serbia. Uh, in our ministry with the youth and young adults living on the streets, I help out at a day center program, which has many similarities with the community's warming center. And we provide for some of their basic needs for food and clean clothes, showers, and shelter. Um, but we also hope to reach some of their deeper emotional and spiritual needs. It's not always easy to answer the question how we've seen God at work 
uh, especially in our work with the homeless youth. But I can say that over the last year, we've seen a number of the youth uh, become much more open to God. One guy in particular from the program who's lived on the streets for over 10 years has now been off the streets for almost six months. And he's been staying and working at the Boys Home, which is in construction right now. And uh, also these last few weeks or a month or so, another guy from the Day Center program has uh, joined him at the Boys Home. Uh, we believe that both of these guys are really close to opening their hearts to God. And one of the biggest ways I've seen God work in the youth at church is in their sincere desire to, to not just be there for the other youth in the group, but also to show God's love and help those that are outside of the church. For me personally, I can really use prayer right now. Um, I've, for a while, just been feeling quite, quite down and overwhelmed, and like my heart's been getting hard and and almost like I'm running empty, but I, I, I believe that God is working right now and that He wants to do major work in my life just to heal and restore me. Um, for all of us serving here, I ask that you just pray for perseverance and grace uh, to keep on clinging to God through times that are rather difficult for some of us individually, but also for the ministries. I miss you all very much, and I look forward to seeing you all when I get home this summer. And I pray that God may help all of us just know Him more and truly know all that He's done for us and given us in Jesus and who we are in His eyes. And I pray also that our hearts may be comforted and strengthened with the true understanding of His grace, His mercy and peace um, for us in Jesus. And thank you again for your prayers, for all your partnership and encouragement. And just pray that God will bless you. And uh, I'll leave you with these two blessings in Romanian. This means God loves you. Lord's with you. God bless you guys. If you all would, please check your bulletins. You should see inside there an insert with prayer requests for all seven people you've heard from today. For some of you, this insert will uh, have text and photos on two sides. For others, it will just be on one. That was unintentional. There were some printing difficulties, okay? Uh, now what we're going to do is gather, form small groups of maybe four or five, the people sitting by you, and we're going to spend a few minutes, maybe like three, and pray. You've heard all kinds of stories. You've heard from all kinds of people doing all kinds of different work for the same God as part of the same church. So let's remember them here for the next three minutes. If you would, uh, pray for somebody who's here in Chicago, and also pray for at least somebody who's not, who's out in another country. And then don't just leave this in the pew in your bulletin, but take it out of your bulletin, bring it home with you, set it on your desk, magnet on your fridge, and, and keep praying for these people. So go ahead and gra- gather for the next three minutes to pray. Earlier, I gave you three reasons why we do Mission Sunday, and I want to Go back to uh, the second one and invite you, if you're here and you sense um, a call to mission, Uh, maybe you came and you're already clear, maybe you already know, and uh, maybe after hearing some of these stories and testimonies of what God is doing in the lives of uh, the folks from our church, you sense the Spirit of God leading you uh, in one way or another to Uh, to move forward, to take a step of some kind uh, to this, this, this experience, this life as a missionary.
I want to invite you to stand, and I, I want to tell you that I'm going to ask the church uh, to pray for you right where you stand. And so uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're sensing a call from God that's clear uh, to be a long-term or career missionary. Maybe you're here and you sense that there may be a project of some kind, perhaps some that you heard about today or others that you can serve with. Or maybe there's some short-term mission work that you uh, want to research, want to learn about. Um, I'm going to ask wherever you fit in that, would you stand now? Would you stand? All right, church, would you stand around them? I'm going to lead us in a prayer for them. Uh, Lay your hands on them. Look around. Make sure that there's nobody behind you uh, standing off alone. But but, uh, uh, come around them. Come around them. Stand with them uh, and join them in prayer. Pray that God would give them discernment, that God would lead them, speak clearly to them, give them direction, give them courage, give them guidance. Would you begin praying? Go ahead, pray for him, pray for her. Dear God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for our brothers and sisters. Thank you so much that that you speak to us, that you are more concerned about us understanding your will than we could ever be. Your plans for us are not mysterious. Your plans for us are not hidden. Your purpose for our lives, God, is clear. And so would you would you speak to our brothers and sisters who are standing, who are responding in some form to to this to this sense, to this invitation, to this call? There may be one person here who is very clear. There may be people here who, is, who, who are unclear. But Lord, would you, in the midst of the, the confusion, in the midst of the options, would you tease apart your plan, your will? Open doors where they need to be. Close doors where doors need to be closed. Begin to establish contacts and relationships so that those relationships would would point these brothers and sisters into the direction of your purpose for their lives. Holy Spirit of God, set their hearts on fire for your plan, for your passion. Commission them by your own spirit and by your hand. As we lay our hands on them as brothers and sisters, may they sense your nearness and your presence. Be in front of them, behind them, to their left and to their right. Sending them, encouraging them, empowering them for mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for praying. Acts chapter 1, if if you remember, do you remember Acts chapter 1? Right. According to Andy Kim, where is Andy? I'm going to be 93 when we're done (laughs) with this sermon series. 
Yeah, that may be accurate, which is scary or wonderful. I'm not sure. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus ascends. What were they to wait for? What were these early disciples to wait for? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I'm, 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 I'm refraining from making a snarky comment to the man who was here the first service and knew the answer. The early disciples, the early church, Jesus said very clear, stay. Stay. Now, this is odd because Jesus doesn't typically tell people, don't do anything. Sit, wait, stay. This, we don't generally hear Jesus talking this way. But in this case, he says, stay, don't go, don't leave until the Holy Spirit is poured out. To this next question. What is the difference? What is the difference between the early church, between those early disciples in this passage and us today? What is the difference between us right now, today, in this room, and and those disciples who Jesus was talking to? Don't be don't be looking to this guy for an answer. He's not going to. Huh? We have the Holy Spirit. Is she right? She's right. Yes. That is the difference. We do not have to wait for the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not speaking to us saying, don't leave Chicago until the Holy Spirit is poured out. Right? You and I have been given the Holy Spirit. We're clear on this, right? I hope so. We've been talking about that a lot lately. The Christian, the Jesus follower, has already been given the Holy Spirit. So while those first disciples had to wait until the Holy Spirit was given, you and I, if we are Christians, already have the Holy Spirit residing in us. Amen? Do you get that? So my question for us is, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? The disciples had a, had a good reason to wait. Jesus said, don't go anywhere till the Holy Spirit comes. What's our reason for waiting? What's our reason for, for putting off that which we're called to? What's our reason for, for being distracted from God's call on our life? What's, what, are, what are we waiting for? What are, what are you waiting for? The Holy Spirit of the living God resides in you. 
the power of God has already been poured out into your life. Any one of the people we heard from today would say, I am not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. I have doubts. I have insecurities. I can't see very far down the road. And yet, every one of the people we heard from today, at some point, stopped waiting. At some point said, this is all I know and it's enough. I'm going to take this step. And then I'm going to take this step. And then I'm, and all of a sudden, Thailand, China, Romania, InterVarsity. For others of us, all of a sudden, conversations in our workplace, all of a sudden relocating into a neighborhood we never would have imagined ourselves living in, participating in a ministry that would have scared us to death years ago. So what are, what are, what are we waiting for, new community? We know that we are called to mission. We, we know that God is active all over our city, all over our world. We know these things. But do you know, do you know that the mission of God is for you? Do you know that you've been given everything that you need? Do you know that you lack nothing? Do you know that? Because the Holy Spirit of the living God resides in us. And so we too can be sent. Not can be, we too are sent. Join me in prayer. Join me in prayer, and then we will worship one last song together. Let's pray. Thank you for these examples today. God, we're, we're, we're blessed to be a church that has these representatives who have been called out, who we've commissioned, who we've sent, who we've uh, supported financially, who we can say, spend as much time as you can on this mission. Reach that people that is hard for us to reach. Go to that place that we can't all go to. We send you. We're blessed by their ministry, Lord. But, but today, today we've been reminded that it's not just about them. It's not just about a, a few people that this mission is for all of us. So my prayer for us as a church is that we would today have courage, that those of us who've been waiting, who've been sitting, who've been putting off your call, Holy Spirit, would you give us enough courage to take a step? This week, would you give us the courage to take a step as we pursue your mission. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, we guys stand. I'm sorry. Thank you, Pastor Michael. We guys stand, stand, stand. We're going to say this corporate benediction together, and then we will. Is that okay, Natalie? Okay. Say this with me as we, as we pray this together. Come, O Holy Spirit. Come as holy fire and burn in us. Come as holy wind and cleanse us within. Come as holy light and lead us in the darkness. Come as holy truth and dispel our ignorance. Come as holy power and enable our weakness. Come as holy life and dwell in us. Convict us, convert us, 
consecrate us until we are set free from the service of ourselves to be your servants to the world. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Fill this out, please. Drop it off on your way out. God bless you and keep you. We'll see you next week.